When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ben Bolin here with Daredevil Auto Editor Scott Benjamin. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing fantastic, Ben. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm actually amazed to see so remarkably calm after that blazing example of stunt driving I saw you pulling on the highway coming into work. I don't know about blazing, but uh, actually I'm surprised to hear that you're even on the highway in that car that you have. Yes, that's yeah. that's a miracle, <laughs> and it's amazing in, it, in itself. Uh, I've got to say, though, I'm, I'm impressed. Maybe I had the wrong picture. You Nerves is still. Oh, yeah. I like to uh, I like to push it every now and then when it's safe. I, uh, mm-hmm. I like to bump it up a little bit if I can. So you're a, you're a speed yeah. enthusiast, you would I, say. I definitely am. Yes, I am. Well, it's very interesting that you mentioned that, Scott, because our topic today actually is speed, where we've been with speed, uh, what's really fast now, and how fast we think we could go in the future. So I guess the, the best way to start out, you know, let's just go right, right for the, the, the epitome of speed. What is the fastest we can go on land right now? Well, um, I guess the best way to determine that is by the land speed record. Uh, we've got current land speed record is, is now supersonic it's uh, it's above Mach 1 uh, the, the latest is just above 760 miles per hour which is right at that point so we're, wow. we're now achieving Mach 1 on on land in what's considered to be a car so so there's a person in there there is a person in there that's right wow. now there's there are other speed measurements that are taken you know we can we can propel things faster than that of course okay. uh, unmanned Items such as uh, you've heard of uh, rocket sled on rails, right? Yeah, it's a uh, figure of speech. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah, um, we have tested. Well, not we, but uh, <laughs> at an air force base in the United States, they've tested a, a rocket sled that was on rails, unmanned, of course. That it went nearly well, it went six thousand five hundred miles per hour. Six thousand uh, five hundred. Yeah, a little faster than that, actually. So that is uh, that. That translates to around 
Mach eight and a half or just above that. Wow, so now that's really that's fast. crazy. So they they took a rocket basically, mm -hmm. strapped it onto something that could go on railroad tracks, right? On, on rails, yes. On okay, yeah. uh, and they haven't put a person on that yet. No, no, no. I don't think a human would uh, okay. much appreciate going seven thousand miles per hour uh, or close to it. Anyways. Well, you're the one who likes to go fast, my friend. <laughs> now that's that's the fastest we've got. Now, what obstacles have we had to kind of overcome to get there? Oh well, there's actually there's quite a few. There's gravity. That's probably the biggest one. Um, you've got rolling resistance. There's wind resistance. Um, there's just there's inefficiency in the vehicle that you're driving. So you're trying to get you know get the, the power from the engine or whatever is propelling it to translate into. Uh, driving that vehicle forward, that that takes away a lot of the energy that's actually produced. So you could you could have a, a vehicle that's really what you think is very efficient, but you know, you're losing all this power from the engine to the wheels. Mm. And uh, you know once it gets to the wheels, then you've got everything that I just mentioned. Uh -huh. um, so it, it takes away from it. Now if we were you know in a uh, in a vacuum or you know maybe out in space, you know, which is which is a vacuum, uh, you could. Of course, human could travel at several thousands of miles per hour, no problem. Mm -hmm. Any vehicle, it could be any shape. You know, just uh, it's that initial thrust really that does it. Well, what what used to be fast? Actually, Ben, I like talking about speed in the past because um, it gives us a you know a picture of where where we were, where we are now, and you know so we don't necessarily take for granted where we are now. Um, you know, you mentioned that on the highway, you know, we travel at high rates of speed right now. And if you look look back, there's one there's one clear example of this that I like to point out is that um, the Indianapolis 500. That's a celebration of speed. That's you know everything about racing and and fast cars and you know it's it's great sport to watch. I, I really enjoy the Indianapolis 500 every year. And they go they go hundreds of miles an hour right now. Uh, yeah, they go over 200 miles an hour wow. um, at times. You know around 220. I don't know the exact number, but it's you know somewhere up there. Um, in the past, I mean, if you could take the very first Indianapolis 500 as an example, um, that was in 1911, and the winner. Uh, it's actually his average speed was 74 miles per hour, and that doesn't sound like much now. Of course, you know we travel that fast on the highway or faster a lot of times. I can do that in my hatchback. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I did it. I did it once. I'm not going to try it again. Yeah, I went, <laughs> too much shaking probably going on. Um, it's 74 miles per hour, but that's over 500 miles per hour, and again, that's that's a century ago. So you look at the speeds now in 2008, and uh, we've doubled that. I mean the the um, the 2008 winner of the Indianapolis 500 went. Uh, 100, I think it was 143 miles per hour was the average speed. And again, that doesn't sound all that fast. You know, they're capable of 220, but mm -hmm. for you know an average over 500 miles, 143 is pretty fast for an average. Um, so doubling that, that's pretty impressive, I think. And yeah. you know, if we, I don't know if we can, you know, look forward or forecast that you know we're going to double that again in a century. I don't think we can. Uh, just maybe limitations of you know the human body and limitations of the track itself, and you know I, I just don't know if that's even going to be possible. We may bump, we probably will bump it up, but not double like we have in that last century. Yeah, weren't you uh, weren't you telling me before that that one of the problems drivers have at that speed is is something with uh, blinking? Yeah, that's right. They uh, they found and this is a few years ago. This was in Champ uh, Champ Cars um, during in the Kart series. Uh, they found that. Drivers were experiencing problems with dry eyes, and they couldn't figure out why would they have dry eyes. They're not, you know, these aren't these are open cockpit cars, but they've got full helmets on. They realized that at the speeds that they were traveling at that track, and I don't remember exactly what track it was, but they were traveling at such a rate of speed that if the drivers were blinking, they, or when the drivers were blinking, I should say, the distance the vehicle traveled and the, the time it takes to blink an eye was something like 37 feet. 
So they were, the drivers were worried that in 37 feet, something's going to tra change dramatically in front of them, and they're going to miss something. So they're driving with their eyes pretty much you know, as wide open as they can and trying not to blink or making a conscious effort not to blink uh, so, because of the speed they're traveling. So I guess with that logic, our guy in that 700-plus mile-an-hour car could blink and open his eyes, what, more than – more than 70, 80 feet later? Oh, uh, well, I don't even know what the, what the amount would be, but we're talking, you know, you're talking a mile and something like five seconds or something. That's, wow. a, t that's a distance you travel, so I don't know what a, a blink would translate to that. Yeah, point, yeah. That's, it would be a, a significant distance, yeah. That's right. So, so uh, that might stop us, actually, in our, in our quest for speed here. We might get cut short by our own our own blinking <laughs> something like that yeah wow. i mean that could yeah it's uh it's pretty amazing to think of the distances yeah well i don't i don't know you know i'm an optimist scott so i think it's i think it's worth trying for us to see uh how fast we can go i don't know if we have time in this podcast to build our own uh rocket sled on rails so <laughs> what you know let's talk to the budget people here uh what what's the fastest car we could buy right now Okay, well, right now, okay, it depends on how much you want to spend. What's, what's your budget? Let's say I have a little bit less than $1.2 million. <laughs> a little less than one point two. Okay, that's a pretty good budget, really. Um, if you're looking for something that's half of that, I've got something for that. Um, and that's actually the fast, what's considered to be the fastest car in the world right now. Um, that's a top-end speed. It's the SSC Ultimate Arrow, and the Ultimate Arrow will go 257 miles per hour at top-end. That's, that's the Guinness Book of World Records vehicle right now. Um, but that's gonna, it's going to cost you. It'll be, it'll be almost $650,000. Pennies. But, yeah. Pennies and nickels. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. And so the zero, six, 0 to 60 time on that vehicle is around 2.7 seconds. So that's pretty quick as well. So it's fast and quick. Um, now, if you want to talk the probably the quickest car... You're going to double that price, or more, actually. It's going to be nearly $1.5 million. That's for the Bugatti Veyron, and that will go 0 to 60 in 2.5 seconds, which is a little quicker, but it's also slower. It'll go only 253 miles per hour, so you're going to lose what, 4 miles per hour there. Okay, so I guess that's an important distinction we need to make here between the two vehicles because when we're talking top speed, we're talking about the, the, the absolute maximum the engine can be pushed to. That top speed is four miles more. That's right. right. That's okay. Right. That's the okay. top end, top gear, very ultimate end of speed for that vehicle. Yeah. Okay. And and the whereas this other vehicle is, I guess people are paying more because overall it has uh, quickness. You say now, what's the difference there? Typically, what we think of as quickness in a vehicle is zero to sixty. Um, and that's a lot of people use that as a determining factor when they pick out a sports car. Um, they, of course, they have you know brand loyalty that you know they want a, they want a Corvette or they want mm. you know something that that you know is capable that they want the Viper or something like that. Um, but quickness, you know, zero to sixty times, and, and they're now approaching like we said you know, these two vehicles, you know, the two and a half second mark and you know three seconds or anything really under about six seconds to me that seems like that's a fast car. Mm -hmm. um, you know. Faster is better, of course, and you know, quicker is better. So okay, uh, okay, so that's most it. people think that way. Okay, so it sounds like what what we need to do first off is is uh, we need to figure out which of these we're going to get after we've spoken with the people in accounting. Um, and you know, I don't want to make any promises, Scott, but I'm I'm confident, I'm confident that we might be able to take this take this all the way out to the interstate. So the next question, I guess, and maybe this is the most important, is which of us gets to drive. Oh, well, clearly that's me. Um, I'll be the one in control of this car. Um, it's 
no doubt about it. I mean, I've got the experience. I mean, I've I've seen you before. You're a little shaky. I mean, shaking right now, so um, I'm it, definitely going to be the one. It's my the, nature. Yeah, <laughs> nervous nature, I guess. But that's another thing we didn't even touch on is control. Really, we need to talk about control because mm-hmm. um, you know if you're if you're driving, sure you can drive on the highway at 100 miles per hour. You can do that. It's not recommended by any means, but you know you could be out of control at that speed, and that's that's very dangerous. Um, now, if you're talking a car that'll have to go you know 250 miles per hour and get there quickly. That's also another issue. I mean, you could easily lose control of that car. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, practice that goes into driving a car on a racetrack. It's not, you know, you don't just jump in and, and do it. Um, you know, you have to have warm you know, tires that are going to be sticky. They have to be warm. Uh, the vehicle itself has to be warmed up so, you know, the mechanical elements don't fail. Uh, the driver, him or herself, has to be ready for that. You know, they have to be ready to, because things are coming at you a lot faster than you think they would i mean it's mm-hmm. uh you have to be reactionary and you have to be proactive you have to know you know how to do it safely i see you know what you have persuaded me you've convinced me i am sold my friend you are the driver of this car uh and actually the only question uh that you haven't i guess we haven't really explored is where where on earth can we do this? Where can we go? Is there is there any country or any place that's really going to let us go 200-plus miles an hour? That's actually a very good question because, um, you know, if you have a car that will go 250, you can't really just go out on the interstate and, you know, let it let it fly there. Um, on the Autobahn, you can go, the, you can go you know, as fast as you can, but, uh, um, you know, that's not something that's accessible to everybody. One thing that is pretty much accessible to everybody, if you look into it, you'd have to really dig deep to find it, but um, there, a lot of local tracks will, you know, sponsor days where you can go out and, you know, you sign all the, the important waivers and take care of business that way, but they'll let you, uh, you know, run your street vehicle out there. Mm-hmm. On, you know, there, there are groups that you can join, SCCA, um, you know, you can you can go to drag days where you can, you know, race against other people in the quarter mile, and um, it's just a lot of a lot of smaller you know, venues that will allow you to kind of test your vehicle a little bit. And if you wanted to, I mean, if, if you were in the region, you could go to the uh, the Bonneville Salt Flats and give it a shot there. But, um, you know, that's another thing. you, you got to be careful when you do it. You have to be very, very careful. Controls, Always, yeah, control always check your uh, local laws as well, because I know that we here at, at the podcast definitely do not recommend uh, collecting any speed tickets. No, no, of course not. Uh, you got to be careful about it at all times. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I guess that's the that's the end of our show. Maybe we should go check into this. Well, that sounds good. Let's head over to the accounting department. And we'll see if we can pick up our check for uh, what was it, a million and a half? We can get that Bugatti that we wanted. Sound good? Yeah, we'll work it out. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. 
People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy, yeah. right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.